B2B Sales Playbook Podcast, brought to you by Mr. Forensic. I'm your host, Joe DeCarroll. This episode is another of our B2B Superpower Webinars. Superhero tactics for getting past I was joined for this conversation by Matt Marino from SalesKen to discuss superpower tactics for getting past the first obstacle of a sales call, the gatekeeper. This was a great chat. Matt was a wonderful guest. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the B2B Sales Playbook Podcast. Matt, allow me to introduce the supervillain we are going up against today, The Gatekeeper. It's an enigmatic sentinel standing between you and B2B success. This vigilant figure stationed at the crossroads of access, information and progress can be your formidable ally or a cunning adversary. But fear not, because our webinar is here to help to equip you with supercharged sales tactics that will help you bypass the gatekeeper's barriers and gain access to invaluable resources. So just very briefly, Matt, for our brand new B2B superheroes, who do we mean when we're referring to the gatekeeper? When we refer to a gatekeeper, we're actually talking about two personas. Uh, one you'll face as a sales development rep when you're cold calling, and the other you'll face as an account executive when you're trying to close a deal. So the first and most traditional sense when we think of a gatekeeper um, is that of a admin, executive assistant, someone who's in charge for managing the, uh, the, the direct line and email of a senior executive. Uh, the other type of gatekeeper, the one you'd face when you're an account executive trying to close a deal, is someone who I would call is a relationship gatekeeper, meaning that you may be working with certain individuals within a deal. However, you know that you need to get to the chief revenue officer or the VP of marketing, and they are uh, not allowing you to access that individual, keeping you at a certain level within the organization. So they're defending their their seniors from salespeople, such as us ringing up, trying to get, get into contact with them. That's what they're doing, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are some common challenges that you know, SDRs or, you know, will face when dealing with gate, gatekeepers and, and what can we do to, to overcome them? Well, I think we need to go back to like the reason why admins and executive assistants even exist in the first place. And that is their job is to optimize the day-to-day barrage of tasks and activities that an executive is going to have, right? And so that's everything from... Uh, fielding inbound calls, managing appointments, and really trying to remove as many distractions as possible. And so in sales, we're often told to call to the top or call to the executive level. And so one of the key things that a good admin will do is limit the number of calls that a, uh, an executive is getting. So that's, I think, you know, first and foremost. Um, and then they are also trying to decide which people are relevant for that executive to uh, to speak with. So but before we get on a call, before we get through to the gatekeeper, is there any preparation that we can do? What sort of things do we need to do to prepare for that call? Yeah, great question. So uh, hopefully as a, as a SDR, uh, we all have access to applications that will um, find contact information. So email, phone number, uh, but also to your point, like we need to do our research, right? Like we should have done some amount of research on the business, some amount of research on the individual. And oftentimes on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, for example, 
you can actually find who the admin executive assistant is, right? And so you can find, for example, how long they've been there, maybe where they went to college, maybe if they posted recently, you can learn about their, I don't know, their kids' uh, baseball match, whatever it might be, just so you have something to talk about and be relatable on the phone. Um, I mean, I, you know, I started my sales career way back in 2003, way before kind of modern sales cadences were even a thing. And I was literally given a Excel document with phone numbers to call. And I remember pretty much with every single admin, they're always going to ask, what's your name? What company are you with? And do you have an appointment? And that is, you know, nine times out of 10, what they're going to ask you. So being prepared to address those in a very confident, non-confrontational way, one where you're uh, respectful. And again, uh, the whole goal here is to not, not view these gatekeepers as adversaries per se, but really treat them as your, you know, potentially your, your sidekick in helping to navigate the organization. So w- what you're saying then is it, it's important to, like, it, it could be something as simple as getting onto LinkedIn seeing that yes this person's done this thing they've accomplished this thing but if they mention they really like surfing for example you approach them with something about surfing is that correct yeah be be relatable um be polite don't lie um i would say the other i i at a prior company when i had a executive assistant she'd always laugh because the biggest giveaway that any cold caller could do is use your full name and so if someone said, hi, this is blah, blah, blah from XYZ company, is Matthew Marino there? She would know immediately that I've not spoken to that individual. No one calls me Matthew, let alone uses my full name. But use the contact's first name uh, and don't bring a level of stress or anxiety to the call, right? Just sound calm, confident, uh, make your ask, and, uh, and hopefully they'll, they'll pass you through. Um, they likely won't, so don't get discouraged. I mean, there's other ways to get around the gatekeeper, but when you do uh, uh, call in and get um, get into the gatekeeper, uh, just remember, just be a human, don't be a jerk. A hundred percent. I do want to come back to that, the question of, you know, avoiding the gatekeeper altogether. But you, you mentioned in, um, having some stuff like prepare to be confident in, in, in what you're saying and know what to say. Is it feasible then to have sort of a, a selection of, of pre- pre-written answers for when you're going to come up against those objections at all is that something that we could be using yeah yeah definitely uh, because you will certainly if you're calling into a, a landline uh to an executive you are almost always going to interface with a gatekeeper and so have a series of scripts relevant to your business uh that um you're likely going to encounter and it probably will be like maybe three or four um uh, and then continue to refine that. And with modern call recording, call coaching software, the benefit of most uh, calling organizations is you can compare your gatekeeper interactions amongst other people on your team and learn, hey, what are the, the tactics, the, uh, the expressions that seem to be resonating? For example, a gatekeeper in SaaS is likely going to be much different than a gatekeeper in, say, uh, 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 the healthcare industry or financial services. Uh, they're going to have certain hot buttons uh, that may be pressured to do things a little bit differently. Of course, it, it goes back to sort of personalizing and tailoring that approach then, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. um, 
are there, uh, I, I alluded to the fact that I wanted to come onto this, but are there any ways that we can sort of adopt uh, Flash-like superpowers and you elude the, the gatekeeper together? Can we zip straight past them? What are those tactics? Well, I think the benefit is uh, nowadays there are so many other paths and avenues to get to the gate, uh, get to the, uh, the contact besides going directly to the, the gatekeeper, right? Uh, I mean, again, it, it used to be like back when I was doing this 20 years ago, there was only like you had a, a, a direct landline kind of navigate a phone tree. But um, using tools like, gosh, like Zoom Info or Apollo or Seamless, you can find potentially the gate of the, uh, the exec's uh, mobile number, right? So call their cell phone number. You can contact them over LinkedIn, right? Very few admins that I've come across manage the exec's LinkedIn account. And so sending an email, for example, is a great way of, um, of getting in touch with them. As well as uh, from within LinkedIn, you can see your team link. So you can look at all the individuals within your company who might have some affiliation with the individual you're trying to contact. And so getting that uh, referral kind of network connection um, can also help kind of spark the, uh, the desire to take a, a call with you. A hundred percent. Just to speak to, to that point, the importance of having somebody, you know, some sort of social proof like, oh, I know that guy. So um, I did a, a few. I've done a series of, of podcasts and webinars with um, with uh, Mike Manzi and he recommended someone to me. He's like, oh, uh, this, you know, uh, this other guest is pretty good. So I went and said, hey, uh, guest name. Uh, I'm Joe. I've just done some stuff with Mike Manzi. He said you might be a good fit for us, and immediately I got a yes. I was like, yeah, let's let's hook it up. Let's let's make it work. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's that's super powerful. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. N- name dropping can be another uh, tool in your tool belt to uh, spark some interest. You said tool belt. You meant utility belt, didn't you? Utility belt. Utility belt. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of Batman and his, his <laughs> Batman throwing instructor. Yeah, that's the one. Excellent. Um, obviously, uh, we don't want to come across as aggressive to the gatekeeper. You know, we don't want to hulk out or anything. How do you manage the balance between persistent and yet maintaining a level of respect? Hmm. Part of it comes from uh, reading the situation and by the tone, uh, potential, you know, uh, the language that they're using, but. A lot of it just comes down to being polite, uh, professionally consistent. And again, each SDR is going to have their own uh, uh, cadence and structure with, the, with what they know. But typically, you know, this would look like, you know, maybe it's, gosh, I don't know, three phone calls and four emails over a two or three week period, right? Usually something like that is appropriate. And if you still can't get through, then finding another avenue like uh, LinkedIn or um, some sort of uh, network is a better option and i suppose so uh, what what could come from that something that slightly dovetails in into what we we're just discussing there um obviously you don't want to end up pitching to the gatekeeper so what would be a good first step would you say maybe a, if not a permission-based opener then a, the reason for the call when we get through to the gatekeeper because obviously you don't want to say hey joe from lead forensics uh this is software that tells you which b2b visit- anonymous b2b visitors are on your website they're not really gonna that's not too relevant to the gatekeeper necessarily so what what are some good reasons for calling would you say what, what are good hmm. calls to action well i, I think you, you highlighted a 
really good point. And that is like, you don't want to pitch to the admin because they don't care. Um, and oftentimes I would just keep it as, as brief as possible. So for example, if I, you know, if you were the gatekeeper and I was trying to get through, I'd say, Hey, this is Matt from Saleskin. Uh, I'm calling regarding an appointment and you just keep, keep it brief. Cause they're going to ask, Oh, do you have an appointment? And you can say, no, I'm calling regarding an appointment. So again, it's, you're implying that you're going to eventually have a meeting with the, uh, the exact, um, but it, you know, if, if, if that line doesn't work for you, still have you know a couple. Again, keep it like no more than a couple sentences of the value that you anticipate you'll be able to bring that individual uh, or their business, or have a couple names that you can drop um, that provide some level of familiarity, confidence, motivation for why they should take a call with you. A hundred percent. So keep it concise and keep it direct is what you're saying. Yeah, keep it concise. Keep it brief. The, the longer that you try to pitch or talk or it, it will reveal too much and they're just going to say, yeah, see you later. I actually I was I was doing a bit of um, looking around for sort of, you know, gatekeeper um, resources and advice and stuff. And I did see there was one webinar that I, that I was watching and they said, you know, like, oh, so here's some objections you might come up against. And there was one that really stuck out with me that I really, really liked actually. And I, I want to get your thoughts on it actually, Matt. It was, um, so they, they're doing like a role play. So they call up, say like, Oh, uh, I'm trying to get a meeting with such and such person. The person says, Oh, uh, I don't think he's actually in today. So then the person then goes, Oh, damn. Well, I'm an SDR. I'm trying to do my job, trying to get an appointment with this guy. If you were in my position, what would you do? How, have you ever used anything like that? Has that ever been has that ever mm. been successful for you? Okay, so where where the admin will say he's not in today? Sure. Yeah, I, I think you could just ask like when he's expected back. I suppose that's quite a simple one, really. But right. it was just the, the tactic of saying like just switching it around, saying right, well, if you were in my shoes, where, how would you work this out? Yeah, I think, really I think that, that could work as well. And hey, at the end of the day, I think just it's important to remember that we're all people here. I mean, that they're fielding this every day. Uh, we're trying to get through, they're trying to, to block. Um, and so you never know, right? Based on someone's temperament, you know, how much, you know, they woke up on the good side of the bed, how uh, sharing, uh, you know, information they're going to they're gonna be with you. A hundred percent. Well, just, just on that, you know, talking about perhaps you wake, you know, they've woken up and something's not gone right. Their car's broken down, their coffee machine stopped working, something like that. What is the sort of superhero mindset that we need to adopt when we're talking to gatekeepers? Well, as you know, if you're doing a bunch of cold calls, it's a hard job to begin with, right? And so finding the way to show up with positive energy, with confidence, and I get it, like I've done this job, it's tough. And that's likely going to be different for each individual. You know, maybe it's working out in the morning, maybe it's having a lot of caffeine, maybe it's listening to heavy, hardcore rap music, maybe it's whatever your thing is, find a way to get into that zone um, and like any good SDR will tell you, the best thing you can do is like, is call block, right? So you want to make sure that you're doing, you know, two or three times a day where you're doing all your, all your cold calls in one session and, and getting through that. Um, and as sales professionals, again, having a good call recording application that we can then go back and listen to so that we remember to adopt the mindset of continuous improvement so that when we do get stumped, uh, it's not the first or last time that that's going to happen, but we can improve upon it uh, so that when it happens again. 
Um, yeah, hundred. So I, I think that you know that would be the the first thing. And then secondly, like more, and then more for the account executive side of things. Once we're actually in a deal, you may be working with kind of mid-level managers, maybe even individual contributors, and they may be withholding the uh, the senior people who would ultimately need to approve a deal. So in that instance, the gatekeeper is actually uh, an individual who you're working with and who you are actually corresponding with. And so a slightly different type of motion, right? Whereas an SDR is trying to book a meeting with an AE, sometimes when you're in a deal, the group, the buying group that you're working with um, is going to withhold that, that senior exec. And for me, like one of the biggest giveaways is the real, the real decision maker will never tell you I'm the only decision maker. Like if you hear that, like your spidey senses need to go up, you should be suspicious. Like the real decision maker knows that they need to get consensus. And so it's usually these lower persona gatekeepers who say that they're the only ones that needs to review and, and buy off. And then would that be, so I'm going to, I want to try and apply something that I learned in a, a previous webinar in that instance, then could a tactic be, because I was talking about um, negotiations uh, a few weeks ago and the, the guest came up with this idea of what he called going eagle to eagle. So you say, okay, well, if you know, need to get through to the decision maker, if I go to my boss, can he get in touch with your boss or your superior? And then they connect and discuss the thing. Would that be an application for it? Yeah, that, that certainly could be. That's a, that's a great recommendation. And ultimately, like with any sales process, you want to develop a pattern of micro commitments where you give a little bit and then in return, they give you something back. And so I think that's that's a great example of that. But like what I've found out is just if, if you're finding that's happening where they're withholding other members of the team, other members of the buying committee, just call it out and ask why. Because if that's really happening midway through your sales process, it's a sign that either they don't like you, they don't trust you or your business, and there's something that they feel will damage their relationship with whoever it is you're trying to get to. Um, it can also be a big red flag that, hey, this individual might, they simply might just be price shopping. Like, there's no need to bring in their CFO or their VP if they're just price shopping. Um, or... We've seen this a lot recently, which is the current state of the market. There's a lot of businesses right now who are talking to salespeople, but they're not actively in a purchase decision process. They're simply researching, right? They're researching for what could be a solution for them in Q1 of next year. A hundred percent. I'm really pleased that you... um... You brought up red flags there, Matt, because that actually does lead very nicely into my next question. What are those red flags? What are those mistakes? What are those things where, like you say, spidey senses should be going off? What's the kryptonite, if you like? I'm throwing in as many as many superior references as I can. What are those red flags that, that salespeople should avoid when communicating with gatekeepers? Yeah, uh, and, and so the, the red flags, the, the kryptonite that would get thrown from, from the, the gatekeeper... I, I would say, yeah, so the first one is if you're in the deal and they say, I'm, I'm the only decision maker, you only need to work with me, that's, I think that's, that's the biggest red flag, right? We all know that unless you're selling a super small transactional service, like you know, less than five or $10,000 a year, every purchase is going to be reviewed and, and decided on by some type of committee. Um, and so I think that, that would be the first one. Um, the... The other one is if you, if you interact, if you're an SDR and you're cold calling, 
and the gatekeeper um, lies to you. I've, I've seen this happen a couple of times where they're, they're, they're either, they either lie or they use profanity or something like that. It can also be a red flag for the type of culture or the type of boss that they have. And do you really want to do a deal with a company where, you know, they treat their individuals and they foster this culture that's just brash and rude, um, right? I mean, j just as we are trying to qualify and, and, and uh, create as many opportunities as possible, there's no harm in disqualifying it if it's not going to be you know, a, a good long-term fit for your business. hundred percent, um, yeah. And, and, I, and I think the other kind of last, I don't know if this is, uh, this is kryptonite or more of a, a multiverse uh, uh, play, but I think we need to, we often forget that if we're prospecting into really large organizations, we don't always have to, like we're always told you need to go to the top, go to the CEO's office, et cetera, but that's not always appropriate or even relevant, right? If I've, if I've got someone from my team trying to um, sell into the small business AWS sales team in Canada, I don't need them to try to cold call into Andy Jassy's office at Amazon <laughs> and see if he will buy into our solution, right? It's just, it's, it's so below their radar. And so I think we need to remember that um, for sales professionals, we're looking for the most senior person who has the budget to buy our solution. And if we can get above that, great. But if not, oftentimes that's okay. And so don't be afraid to uh, call lower than we need to, mm. uh, especially within larger organizations. Yeah, I, I imagine, you know, probably a bit busy, a bit busy to take your call, those guys, yeah. I imagine. But uh, um, I, I do want to ask, Matt, I'm asking as, as much as I possibly can um, at the minute about AI, because it, it's it's a topic that absolutely fascinates me. So um, is there any application for AI tools when getting past the gatekeeper at all, perhaps for recording calls, I guess? Certainly. Uh, and the the, you know, the, the plug for a company like Saleskin or any other call recording company is one of the best things we can do, again, as sales professionals, listen to our calls, listen to our other team members' calls. Um, but in the past, again, call recording technology is certainly not new, but with the advent of AI and large language models, now very quickly in like a day or a week, you can search, for example, calls that you, you've interacted with the gatekeeper, calls that you're colleagues have interacted with, um, listen to those, but where we're seeing AI going, like what Saleskin is doing and a few others, is actually listening to the conversation in real time. And then, you know, let's say you're making the call via sales loft or ring central or some major dialer, having the AI actually recommend and prompt you for what to say based off what you and the recipient is saying. And so that's where we're certainly seeing that direction with the AI being very fast and actually scripting in real time relevant words for the salesperson to say. So I guess it, that would pick up on, sort of the, as you say, the language you use. But would it also pick up on like tonality and say, oh, you're coming across a little aggressive there or oh, you're not assertive enough? Was that sort of the sort of thing that you could yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, our, our models measure assertiveness, confidence, politeness, and all of those things are relevant for having a good sales call. I think where the exciting thing we're going to see within AI and natural language processing are a greater detection in emotions. Um, mm. And right now that's hard. That's kind of hard to do, but give it a year and uh, we'll be there. I mean, much like, uh, you know, if uh, Peter Parker or Batman were to say the same thing, you know, 
Batman and Spider-Man are different personas, right? So how they <laughs> how they say those words, Batman's going to do it in his really low low voice, probably pretty serious. Uh, Spider-Man's going to be a bit more jovial. Anyway, those are all indications of the emotion those individuals are going through. Oh, fantastic, Matt. I hugely appreciate you leading into our, our superhero I'm, theme. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, you've offered up some incredible value and insights to our audience here. So thank you. I am going to start to wrap up our conversation. So Matt, you, you've, as I say, you've provided us with loads of takeaways to help us get past the gatekeeper or even, you know, convert the gatekeeper to be one of our superhero allies. If I could just ask you for one final top tip that everybody watching this could take away from this conversation today, what is the one key thing they need to remember about getting past the gatekeeper? Yeah, I think like the, the one thing, and we, we've touched on this on already, is just to be respectful, be polite, don't be a jerk. Um, and then the one other key component that I don't believe we, we spoke about was don't forget to be multi-threaded, right? If you feel like you're, if you're prospecting into Amazon, right, there are a lot of potential execs for you to try to contact. So if you can't get through, if you're getting stuck at a certain uh, contact, there's a myriad of others to go after. And the same thing if you're an AE working a deal and you're, your contact is, is not letting you get through, it's an indication that you're not nearly as multi-threaded and working different personas. Fantastic, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing your B2B superpowers with us today. You bet. It's been great. Well, there we go. That was Matt Marino on getting past the gatekeeper. Or rather, I suppose, how to get the gatekeeper on side more than anything. Remember to subscribe to the B2B Sales Favorite Podcast wherever you get your pods and give us a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week with another episode of the B2B Self Playbook Podcast.